Emma Mae Dinkins here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up? Incredible world changers. I am Emma Mae Jenkins. Welcome to the Have You Heard podcast where faith comes by hearing that is hearing the word of Christ. Yes, you a world changer because you have significant purpose for such a time as this and you have been created so uniquely, so originally in God's image and every day of your life was written in his book before a single one of them came to be. My friend, you matter. I'm so thankful that I get to talk to you today and I pray encourage you today. Friends, we are literally in the countdown of entering into 2021. What a year of 2020. I have been reflecting on this year because I think it's so important. Um, If we're wanting to move forward in growth, it's important to reflect on how we can learn from where we've been. It's important to remember where we've been and because I believe that that plays a role into how we step forward, into how we grow, into how we take our next step. And so today, that's what I'm wanting to do with y'all. I have written down just a handful of little nuggets that I have learned and am taking from 2020 and I'm excited to apply it to 2021, to continue to grow in it, to continue to be doer, a doer of what God is teaching me. And I pray that it encourages you and be sure and comment below what it is that you have learned from 2020, because whether challenging, which I know it has been, or inspiring, which I pray has also been, I believe that from both and in between, we can learn from all of those things and God can use it to shape us to be more of who he's called us to be. So friends, without further ado, let's get into the word. Y'all, I'm so excited. As I said, I am wanting to share just a handful of things that I have learned throughout 2020, and I pray that this blesses you and encourages you. And I'm just, I'm just very excited. So I'm just going to go through each, like each little nugget that I've written down and expound on it a little bit, and just leave you with some encouragement. Maybe give you some nuggets that you want to take into 2021. <laughs> So the first one is that God wastes, that's, that's kind of a fun word to say, wastes. I don't know why that's sometimes hard for me to pronounce, but God wastes no part of my story. And my story is an extension of his love and grace and truth into the stories of others. And I want to speak that to you too, friend, that when we surrender our life to the Lord, like no matter how bad, no matter how gross, no matter how messed up and broken, God, he truly does take ashes and make it beautiful. He truly does take darkness and make it light. He truly does take brokenness and make it whole. He truly does take hurt and he makes it healed because that's who he is. And he uses it for our good and for his glory. He uses it to bring honor to his name and his renown because that's who he is. And so 
I pray that that brings confidence to you in your own story, that God is a God who takes ashes and makes it beautiful. God wastes no part of my story, even the parts that I'm still confused about, even the parts that I'm still not fully sure how God's going to use them, even the parts that I haven't fully figured out yet, even the parts that I may still be learning how to walk in freedom from. God is faithful to use it for his glory. He is faithful faithful to redeem me from it. He is faithful for anyone who is a new create for anyone who is in Christ. They are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And it makes me think of how God says in Philippians 1 6, which we've talked about on this podcast before, which is cool, but God is faithful to finish the good work that he started in us. And that means bringing everything to complete wholeness, everything to complete redemption. We lack no good thing in him. And not only that, but the love of God doesn't end with me, but it continues with me. So my story, not only is it not wasted in the hands of the Lord, but my story is an extension of his love and grace and truth into the stories of others. So my story isn't just about me, (laughs) but how I choose to surrender my life to God, how I choose to walk in the freedom he's given me, how I choose to love people. Like God uses my, he uses even like the darkest parts that I thought were unusable in my story. He uses it to shine his light into the stories of others. His light, his grace, his truth, his love does not end with me, but it continues with me. And so it would be selfish of me to keep it to myself. It would be selfish of me to keep how his good news, how his life, death, burial, and resurrection changed my life. It would be selfish of me to keep that to myself. I must tell other people because my story is an extension of his love into the stories of other people to let other people know that in God's hands, their story is not wasted either. The second thing is from Matthew 15, 13, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, I just want to read it to you. He says in Matthew 15, 13, he says, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. So my second point is that the Lord will uproot all things that aren't of him. And this leads me to think of John 15. In John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Friend, this is really encouraging to me because not only does Jesus say in Matthew 15 that the father will uproot anything that he has not planted, but in John 15, and Jesus says that he will, that the gardener God will prune us so that we can bear more fruit. And I really, I, I don't know about you, but that just encourages me to know that the things in me that don't honor God, the things in me that are of my flesh, like God is, God promises that he will uproot those things. He will be faithful to prune those things. And so I daily find myself praying, God, search my heart and know me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and prune it away, God. Uproot it and lead me in the way everlasting. It's a constant journey. As I walk with the Lord, I discover more and more of how much I need Him. And as I walk with the Lord, He so patiently and graciously and 
in an on-time way, reveals and exposes the things in me that aren't of him. And he, he is pruning them. He is sharpening me. He is refining me. He's so good. So I, I trust him in that. And that leads me into my third point that I've learned from this year is that humbling myself before the Lord is always a good idea. I have never regret choosing to surrender to God, choosing to seek God first, choosing to humble myself before Him, choosing to trust Him. That has always been a good idea. The next point that I'm taking away from 2020 is that God isn't asking me to be perfect. He's asking me to rest in Him. And that leads me to Matthew 11, 28 through 30, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, my yoke that is easy, my burden that is light. He says, I, Jesus says to us that his, that his heart is gentle and humble. How encouraging, because I don't know about you, but I'll kind of expound on this one a little bit. But sometimes I can be so hard on myself and so reliant on my own strength in the sense that I am totally dependent on my performance and how many boxes I can check off and how well I do. And if I mess up at all, which is a guarantee because I am human, then I will shut down and withdraw and totally be almost stubborn because I'm I'm so upset with myself that I didn't meet a standard of perfection. And the Lord has so graciously been teaching me how to rest in Him, how to lean on Him, how to trust in Him. And I'll expound on this a little bit more in a point later on, but like this leads me even more so to be thankful for Jesus because daily I am made aware that I am not perfect. Daily I am made aware that I don't have it all together, but Jesus does. Jesus did. He came and lived the perfect life that I could not live, that you could not live. God demonstrated his perfect love for us in in that while you and I were still imperfect, while you and I were still stubborn in our own ways, while you and I were still rebellious against the Lord, still sinners, Jesus came, lived the perfect life we could not live, and he became sin, even though he knew no sin, so that you and I might become the righteousness of God if we believe in him and receive his name, which is so bizarre, bazonkers. And when I choose to rest in him, who is perfect, him who took my place, him who came and did what I could not do, him who came and pursued me, him who came to be with me. Friend, I am I am then able to walk in freedom and obedience to his word, freedom and love for him, and freedom as I walk in the fact that I have been redeemed by his blood, redeemed by his life, redeemed by his death, redeemed by his resurrection. Rather than beating myself up every time I mess up. In Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I am confident of this later in Romans 8, that there is nothing that can separate me from God's love. So I don't have to live in fear of being rejected. I don't have to live in fear of not being accepted by the Lord because It's not on my own works that I could boast that I am received by him. It's not something I can boast in that I did enough for him to accept me. I boast in Christ and in Christ alone. And it is because of Christ in Christ alone that I am never separated from the love of my God. 
And it is from this that I can rest and from this that I can be compelled to live a life boldly, wholeheartedly, purposefully, rather than living a life from a place of strife and constantly exhausted because I'm constantly letting myself down by expecting me to live out a standard that only Jesus could live. I pray that encouraged you. It's something I'm honestly still learning. So I pray that in my own journey explaining that, that that made sense. The next point is that his perfect love casts out all fear. First John 4, 18, we read that, that God's love, it, it casts out all fear. And so I wrote this down in my notes, but I love people best when I'm not afraid of their opinion. And I love myself better when I'm not living in fear of messing up. So this is a good follow-up for what we were just talking about. But I have noticed that it's very, very hard for me to love someone while simultaneously I'm in fear of them rejecting me. I'm in fear of what they're thinking of me. I'm in fear of um, being a burden to them. I'm in, I'm in fear of them not agreeing with me. And I, I'm not able to love them well in that. I'm not able to love them freely because fear gets in the way. And so something I have learned is that, wow, people are going to have different opinions of me. People are going to accept me and people are going to reject me. People are going to think that I'm cool and people are going to think that I'm, I don't even know, crazy, odd, weird. Like people are going to have their opinions today and then they're going to have their opinions tomorrow. And if I let their opinions of me determine whether or not I can freely love them, then I have a misunderstanding of what love is. Love is unconditional. It is patient. It is kind. It keeps no record of wrongs. It delights in what is truthful. It rejoices in what is truthful, but it does not delight in what is evil. And so like whenever I rest in that, realizing that God is love. So in other words, whenever I rest in God, I am able to love people freely, freely, regardless of what their opinion is of me. And again, I'm able to love myself better when I'm not living in fear of messing up. Because as I said earlier, like I, I can't really be kind to myself and love myself well and encourage myself and hype myself up in truth whenever I'm constantly beating myself up because I'm constantly not perfect. It just they those things cannot go hand in hand. And so, what's so beautiful is whenever I rest in the love of God. I'm able to rest in his love for me. I'm able to receive that love for my own self and live that out. So powerful. I pray that this is speaking to somebody. Um, the next point is that we were not designed to do life alone. I learn about the heart of God through the lives of others. Friends, we were made to do life in community. And I know that this year, community has looked different. It hasn't looked like what we've always maybe pictured it to be or always experienced it to be in the past. But praise God for technology that we can FaceTime and text and call and Zoom and all of those things. And praise God for family and our homes and for the safe ways that we've been able to stay in touch with our people. But regardless, we were not made to do life isolated. We were not made to do it alone. God looked at Adam in the garden. And he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so Friend, I wow, it's just powerful whenever we rest in this this reality that we are wired for community and we lean into it. We lean into it because we truly do learn about God's heart through the lives of other people. 
listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from one of our network supporters. Hey, today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Faithful Counseling. So let's get real for a second. Is there something interfering with your peace, robbing you of joy, preventing you from carrying God's yoke that is easy and his burden that is light that he intends for you to carry, he designed you to carry? Are you walking through something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I know that for many of us, that can be anxiety, depression, fear, or even broken relationships that can be holding us back. But this is where Faithful Counseling comes in. Faithful Counseling is a worldwide counseling service that is making professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient so anyone and everyone can face life's challenges and can get help anytime, anywhere. Faithful Counseling offers four different ways to get connected to a licensed counselor. You can sit down for video calls, phone calls, live chats, or instant messaging. Every counselor on Faithful Counseling is licensed by their respective state board and has over 3,000 hours of experience. If you think that Faithful Counseling is for you, you can sign up today and be matched with your counselor in 24 hours or less. Faithful Counseling is helping us live our healthiest lives in the comfort and safety of our homes. Be sure to check out Faithful Counseling at faithfulcounseling.com slash MMA slash. The next thing is that emotions are important and emotions are a gift, but emotions are not my decision maker. God's word is the best determining factor of my decisions. Yes, yes. 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 (laughs) Yes. <laughs> emotions are a gift. There are no bad emotions. Like we we all have emotions and I believe that they are important to acknowledge and address and they point to things that need to be acknowledged and addressed. And what's so cool is like humans, we all have emotions and God made us in his image. And so that tells me that emotions truly are an important thing that we should not hide or disregard or just claim as bad. But in the midst of acknowledging them and addressing them, and yes, basically that, we also must be careful that our emotions are not determining how we treat people, that our emotions are not determining the decisions that we make, because emotions are not always truthful and factual, but God's word should be the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. God's word is truthful and factual, and when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. God's word has been made profitable for teaching correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is not fickle. It will not change. It is steadfast, and it is my determining factor in my decisions. So while our emotions are important and they are a gift, we should always filter them through God's word that is true when making decisions, when treating, when deciding how to treat other people, when deciding how to treat ourselves. The next point that I have written down is that the presence of conflict doesn't have to mean the absence of peace. And I've talked about this before in one of my earliest episodes, but this is just something that is guaranteed in relationships, in life. Conflict is 
necessary. Conflict is it's like it's going or wait, hang on, Scott, back up. Take out conflict is necessary. All of those things. I'm going to re-say that. Conflict is guaranteed to happen. Like it's inevitable. And I think sometimes when we hear that word, we, we hear it with a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to be that way. I think conflict, depending on how it's handled, depending on how it's walked through, de- depending on how it is approached and the thought posture that we have towards it, it can actually lead to growth and it can strengthen us and it can actually deepen connection in relationships. And I think one of the things that God has been correcting in me is I have had this fear of conflict, just wanting everybody to be happy, wanting everything to be okay, wanting there to be peace. And for some reason, whenever there is disagreement, whenever there is discord, whenever Whenever, whenever there is conflict, I will sometimes just get so afraid and my peace will be rocked because for some reason I had this mindset that peace meant the absence of conflict. And God has really been correcting that in my heart this year that no, actually my God's peace I was made for and it can rule in my heart as I'm a member of his body and called to peace. And as I come to him, not anxious about anything and prayer and petition with thanksgiving. He guards my heart and mind in his peace that surpasses all understanding. Like even in the midst of conflict. And I think that whenever we choose to seek peace and pursue it, and whenever we choose to honor the Lord and honor the people who are around us, seek to understand, not only seek to be understood, I think we'll we'll actually experience that, wow, peace does not have to be absent whenever conflict is present. Conflict can actually be handled in a way that brings us closer together and that teaches us things that lead us towards healthy growth. The next thing is I never regret moving on in joy and trust rather than wallowing in shame of all the things I could have done better. But this is a choice I get to make every day. And this, I feel like there's a theme in what I'm sharing with you because it's a season that I'm in. It's a lot of what God is uprooting and teaching and refining in me. But I will sometimes just sit and wallow and dwell on all of the things that I could have done better, should have done better, would have done better. And that robs me of joy. It robs me of being present with people. It robs me of making new memories in this moment right here with you. And so something that is really cool that I'm getting to practice is moving on, like asking for forgiveness when it's needed, repenting whenever it's needed for forgiving others whenever it's needed, forgiving myself whenever it's needed, but then stepping forward in trust, trust in those who I was walking alongside and asked for forgiveness from, or walking in trust in the Lord that he forgives me and and joy, like the joy, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to look to the Lord and my face is radiant, never covered with shame. When I look to the Lord, like there, it's, it's always, I've never regret choosing to acknowledge what took place, either accepting forgiveness or asking for forgiveness, repenting, and moving on, <laughs> moving on. But friend, this is a choice I get to make every single day. But I wrote that down because I've never regret when I chose to do that. <laughs> the next thing is that God is faithful to lead me through what he has called me to. And I just want to speak that over you as well. Very simply put, God is faithful to lead you through what he has called you to. Next thing is we only have a handful more. 
As my awareness of how much I need the gospel deepens, my gratitude for such good news deepens. And notice that my awareness of how much I need the gospel is coupled with humility. Like when the more and more I'm aware of how much I need need Jesus, of how much I need his life, death, burial, resurrection, like how I need that, my pride is stripped away every time I am made more aware. <laughs> and simultaneously, my gratitude for it deepens. The next thing is that I'm not defined by my thoughts, but I'm defined by the one who made me. And I I say this because I think sometimes I can take my thoughts so seriously and I pray I'm not the only one, but humans, we have crazy thoughts. We have intrusive thoughts. We have thoughts that don't make sense. We have thoughts that are wacko. We have thoughts that are unkind and we have thoughts that are awesome. Like we have thoughts all over the board. And while yes, it is so important to take our thoughts captive, make them obedient to God, while it is so important to think on what is true and lovely and noble, while it is important to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things, like all of these things are so important. I think it's also very important to remember that our thoughts are not facts, that our thoughts are not always true. And so if you have a thought that <laughs> Like, be careful not to take it so seriously as to connect it with your identity. Because your identity through Christ is that you are you are a new creation, is that you are valued and set apart and the light of the world and made for such a time as this, fearfully and wonderfully, in God's image, his royal nation, his his royal priesthood, his holy nation, excuse me. <laughs> but friend, like you are you are his, you are his bride, his church, you are the flock of his pasture, you are, you belong to him, sealed in his spirit, you are his temple in, in which he dwells, like you belong to the Lord, and so don't let the thoughts that are not factual convince you that you have an identity that is actually not your identity. Because your identity in the Lord is what I was just saying to you. So I pray that that made sense, but it's something I'm learning is, yes, I want to take my thoughts captive, make them obedient to the Lord, but I'm also not going to take every thought in cement and take every thought seriously because some thoughts come in and then they just need to go out because they have no, <laughs> they have no factual base whatsoever. But if I take them seriously and analyze them, I don't know about you, but I'll sometimes scare myself and question my character and question my worth and question my identity because of simply a thought that I had. And so that's something I've been learning. The next thing is that God's love for me and you, friend, it doesn't increase the closer I get to the finish line. It's unconditional and infinite through the whole journey. God's love for you does not increase the closer you get to the finish line, the better you improve, the smarter you get. It's unconditional and infinite through the whole journey. Next to last is that confidence in the Lord is very attractive. Simply put, it just is. Friend, Hebrews 10.35, don't lose this confident trust you have in the Lord, for it will be richly rewarded. It makes me think of a letter that my dad gave me before I went into high school. And he said, Emma, nothing in a makeup bag could ever make you more beautiful than you already are, for a beautiful heart makes a beautiful woman. I'm not sure how I could love you much more than I do today. Love, Dad. And I've never forgotten what he wrote on that letter. And I just think it's so true. And it goes back to Proverbs 31 that truly 
a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Like the things of this world, the outward appearance, it is going to fade. But confidence in the Lord, fear of the Lord, a heart that seeks God first. That is very attractive, my friends. And the last thing is that this is just scripture. Prayer is powerful and effective. James 5, 16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. May we pray constantly. May we pray without ceasing. May we devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So friends, I encourage you to comment down below. What are some things that you have learned this year and are excited to put into practice? And I emphasize this putting into practice because it's easy for us, as I said at the beginning of this episode, it's easy for us to experience something influential something inspiring or something challenging, but then leave and simply say, that was good, or man, that was tough, and then never do anything with it. May we be doers of the word, as James says in chapter one, and not deceive ourselves merely listening to the word. For someone who just listens to the word is like someone who looks intently into the word of God, looks intently into a mirror, turns away, and then forgets what he looks like. May we live in obedience to what God is teaching us. All of these things that I shared with you, y'all, in the like thick of it, I have been learning these things and am learning how to live them out, learning how to apply God's word to my life, learning how to surrender things to the Lord that I don't need to hold on to. Like I'm learning how to live it out because I don't want this to simply be a podcast. I don't want this to simply be words in my notes section on my phone. I want this to be a glimpse. I want these words to be a reflection, a glimpse of what my life looked like. And I never want to challenge you with something I'm not challenging myself with. I never want to teach you something that I myself am not being taught by the Lord. And so I encourage all of us, may we live in obedience to what God is teaching us, believing that his commands are not burdensome and he knows what's best for his kids. Y'all, I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for your life and I'm believing in you. I pray that we may be teachable people, eager to learn, realizing that we have not arrived We do have more room for growth. And whenever we lean into the Lord, it's something we'll never regret because he's so faithful to draw near to us when we draw near to him. Y'all, I love you. Isn't it awesome that faith comes by hearing that is hearing the word of God, hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. I pray that your faith has been deepened in this episode. I know that mine has simply just reading reading the word to you and sharing the power of my testimony to you. But Man, God is good and faithful. And friends, I'm so excited because next time I talk to y'all, it will be a new year. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. It's going to be a new year, 2021. Friends, woohoo. So y'all are awesome. I love y'all so much. I pray that, yes, I just pray that y'all enjoy this, this celebration of stepping into the new year, the celebration of continuing to live out all the things that you are learning and have good growth, good momentum. Yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) Be sure and subscribe, rate, review, download, share this with your people, and let's continue to grow in our faith. I love y'all so much. Bye. I pray 
pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.